Hello world! I am back with another episode of Three Candid Questions. Episode 10. Wow, already 10 episodes. I had the pleasure to interview Vienne, who is the founder and CEO of Vienne Milano. A very interesting company, filling a gap, especially in the US market. You will hear more about that once you jump into the conversation. It was very interesting just to talk to her about how to build a business, how to run a business, how to be a mother and a business owner and how to prioritize. And uh, at the end of the conversation, actually, you will hear uh, a child crying because, yes, that's reality of a working mother. That might happen sometimes in meetings and even in podcast episodes. So enjoy the conversation. Let me know what you think um, and what you took away. And if you want to support us, leave a donation. You'll find the link everywhere in the audio and in the video content. Speak soon. Hi, Vianne. So Hi. nice to have you. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's awesome that you could make time. So let's see where the conversation takes us today. But before we go into the deeper topics and, you know, when we first connected, we talked about so, so many interesting things. So we'll see what will fit into this podcast today. But um, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience and also talk about what you do. Sure. Hello, um, I'm Vianne of Via Milano. I created um, or I founded Via Milano 10 years ago. At the time, I couldn't find stockings that I could wear for every occasion. Um, you know, especially here in the United States, um, the type of stockings that I'm talking about are thigh-high stockings. And here in the U.S., thigh-high stockings are mainly worn for Halloween or they don't stay up. So I did some research. <clears throat> I traveled to Italy um, I designed and I sourced and everything from there and I continue mm. to do so today. And so here I am, we've been in business for 10 years now and we're growing. Um, awesome. and yeah. So yeah, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. So right. <laughs> but at a high level, you know, summary. <laughs> that's the business woman. Yeah, Vienne, who started like her own stockings business and sort of filled a gap that was th that you experienced yourself, which is super interesting. So how did you get to that point that you said, oh, I, I can't take this anymore. Uh, I really want to fill that gap with my own business. You know, I think even deeper than that. Right. Let's go back mm -hmm. a little bit further, like. You know, not everybody who recognizes a gap makes that jump immediately, right? And yes. I think um, there was a woman who, who's, you know, she's still around, so this is not was a woman. There is a woman <laughs> um, who I met um, before I started my business, and she was the first woman, she still is the first woman, to climb all seven summits of the world. And, you know, when you ask her why did she do that, mm -hmm. um, her answer was, well, I don't want to look back when I'm 70 years old and that, okay, well, I could have done this. I should have done that. I, you know, I, I didn't want to look back in my life with regret. It's more outstanding for her um, to have look, be able to look back and think about her accomplishments. And I say for her, because when I turned 70, I don't think I'd feel the need to say I've finish climbing all seven summits yes. so has a different goal but mm -hmm. that message stuck with me which is okay I can stay in corporate America I could 
you know, make a lot of money and I could do this just like anybody else, but mm-hmm. really want to. And so I think through through that lens, filling a gap that I thought was apparent um, in the hosiery business, at least in the US, mm-hmm. uh, became more enticing for me to to solve this problem, if you will, and start my business. Mm. Yeah, so it was that one message, probably also other things that came into it, but that really stuck with you. That's super interesting. And then how did you get the courage to really start this, start designing, sourcing, you know, traveling to Italy and making it all work? Um, Where did that courage and the drive then come from? I was right, honestly. I think Mm -hmm. um, at the time I recognized that time was limited. You know, I wasn't married at the time. I didn't have Mm -hmm. children. These are things that I knew I wanted one day, but I also know that um, if I were married and didn't have kids, it would be a lot harder for me to get, you know, start a business. Um, there are a lot of great people that are able to do that, and I applaud them. I just don't know if I would be able to do the same. So I, I, I was just like, I got to take advantage of this time right now. So yes. Yeah. And then um, what would you say were the major challenges when you started doing all this? Things that you had to overcome, maybe even in your own mind. I don't know whether there were production issues, you know, just tell us a little how that early journey was for you. You No, it's funny because if you had asked me this question when I first started, I would would more or less tell you a similar story. But I think Mm -hmm. Now that I can view things through, um, you know, a, a longer journey, if you will, I, I yes. recognize more of the challenges that I faced that I didn't even realize. So Interesting. I think one thing that um, I, well, first of all, let's go back to my background a little bit. So I came mm-hmm. from my tech. I, I wasn't from the fashion world. I had um, spent a lot of time in my career in product management and launching, um, you know, whether it be a website or, or software or whatever. Um, and I also worked in dot-com business, but that's mm-hmm. kind of different from what I do today. It had all the right pieces, just it wasn't the, the big picture um, of what I'm doing, or it didn't offer the skills to do what I'm doing today. So when I first arrived in Italy, um, I met with many, many suppliers, you know, literally at the time, my, my former business partner and I, we, we, you know, picked up the phone book and just called, you know, folks in Italy to make appointments to see, okay, um, who's available? Um, you know, can you, can you meet with us, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. so, um, one of the conversation that had come up was that, hey, if you, me, um, going to start a business focused on um, women in the U.S., you should really just focus on the color black because American women mostly buy black stockings. And I thought, well, mm. that's really boring. Like, I, I consider myself <laughs> to be American, so, like, I would wear other colors. Mm-hmm. So I said, no, forget about it. Like, I, I'm going to launch my first collection with all these colors, which we did. Um but at the end of the day, he wasn't wrong. Like black is still, con- it continues to be our bestseller. Mm. Um, but we're learning too, though, that color is just, it, it, it's, um, I, I wouldn't say Americans don't buy other colors. It, it's finding that right color <laughs> is mm-hmm. more of an art than a science. 
I think mm. that's, I think the part that um, I'm learning as I can think back to this 10 year journey of, okay, it's not just black, it's, it's being able to have that experience and, and luck in some ways too, to find that color that does really well with your customers. Mm, yeah, interesting. And what I hear too, which I think is a very important part for anyone who is listening now thinking about starting their own business, is picking up the phone and literally doing the work, doing the hard work of talking to people like, can we meet up as suppliers and so on. So it sounds to me like it was a very hands-on journey also in the beginning. It used to be. I think that's mm. who I am. You know, I um, like to build relationship with people. And so um, I know it's, it's you know, especially with COVID, it can be a little difficult with that. Mm -hmm. um, but especially in Italy, you know, a country which I've traveled before starting this business, um, I know that it is a country with a lot of farms. And so... You know, I, I wanted to see, okay, um, is this manufacturing plant next to a farm? Is it going, is, what kind of farm is it? Is it mm. kind of animal byproduct? And does that smell get to this? I don't know. It's just all kind of crazy things that you weren't sure at the time, especially since this wasn't your background. Um, and so um, I, it, it really did, it does help, continue to help to have that face-to-face -face interaction with mm. work with. Um, yeah. yeah. And also to make sure what I hear from you, like, it's important when you have something in mind that you want to create mm -hmm. in your business to make sure that all the circumstances sort of fit what you want to create. And oh, as yeah. you say, like the smell or maybe, you know, what type of plant it is or. Yeah. Well, actually, before, you know, meeting the suppliers. So, I mean, just to kind of chart out the timeline, um, it was. 2011 January when I first started working on um, the brand positioning and what we want to build the 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 brand to be because mm -hmm. you know to your point like I didn't want to meet manufacturers without like hey in, in a formal introduction especially since um, I mean now might be different but at the time I'm not sure if everybody was receptive to the idea of, hey, I, here I am, a Chinese American girl coming to start a business. Can I buy some of your stuff? You know, can I design stuff and have you manufacture it? Uh, I'm pretty sure not everybody was receptive to it. So we mm -hmm. look put together and having that, okay, who do we want to be presentation? We had like a slide with prototype pictures and stuff put together. Um, ready so that when we did talk to these manufacturers we had something for them to look at yes yes and that um sparks another very interesting question and thought in my mind about identity you know the identity of your business and what it represents like the italy manufacturing and which i'm sure represents like high quality for women when they buy your products and you as a Chinese American lady how do you show up um, in your business that's how a, does your identity play into it that's a very good question so it, it continues to be something where I um, 
ask myself, right? What do I want mm. to do? Because, um, you know, when I first began, I think about a lot of brands and do you often see the person behind the brand, Victoria's Secret? There's no Victoria. There may be one, you know, a long, long time ago. Mm. Um, yes, you know, Donna Karen, there is a Donna Karen New York, EKNY, but again, how often do you see her? You know, um, do we even know how she looks like? I think in recent time, um, more and more, you, you start to see like Calvin Klein come out, like Ralph Lauren, but that's totally a different, they're a different genre, different league mm. already. So, you know, the point is, is it about the brand and the image or the founder of the company? And mm. um, for a very long time, I, I kind of shy away from being seen because of many, many reasons. Um, one of which is because I cannot change the fact that I am Asian. I, I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I cannot, you know, get a rhinoplasty. I, you know. <laughs> well, um, you could. The question is whether you want to, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, right? Um, so the question has definitely come up like, hey, you are Chinese, so are your hosiery made in China or are mm. you made in Asia? And you're like, no, no, no. I, I didn't. Did you just hear what I just said? <laughs> like, I go, yeah, it's, it's, an, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so I, anyway, so it's also a lot for human mind to comprehend. I understand that part. I think I don't want to, I don't want to say people are blah, blah, blah. I just think that's a complicated story. People just want to stay, keep things simple. Like, mm -hmm. so your stockings are made in Italy. But you live in America, but you're really Chinese. That's a lot. Yeah. And um, a lot of people get it too. But I think at the same time, it could also be a lot to take in. And mm. so, um, what does that mean for me? Well, um, I, I just, I think generally, I, I, I just try to avoid this topic. Mm. I guess, in my brand, I, sometimes you see me in like the blog and stuff, but. That's about it. Yeah. So your brand is represented by the models who wear your stockings or someone else maybe doing an interview or how do you then? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, the, the folks you see wearing our hosiery are influencers and models that, mm -hmm. um, you know, we have, we're collaborating with or have hired uh, to wear our hosiery. Um, I, of course, wear my stockings. And in the past, there were pictures of me wearing my stockings, but I don't think it did. Yeah. I don't think it did a favor. <laughs> and I think friends were like, I recognized your legs. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. So um, I obviously do think that like no one else in the world is going to vouch for you except for yourself. And I, I do wear my stockings all the time. But I think having somebody who looks the part who, you know, looks better, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe a better fit for our brand. And that's, I mean, that's ultimately why, you know, there are such a thing called models, you know, that's why companies mm. hire models um, to do that stuff. That's their profession. Mm, yeah. So, and then where would you say that it, it sounds to me like there's a very conscious decision on, okay, you show up and making business decisions and doing, you know, all the CEO important stuff, but you don't show up representing the company 
as such or the brand? Well, I do. I mean, I'm here now uh, and I'm talking That's about true. the brand. Um, yeah. and I, I've been to a number of events where I do talk about mm -hmm. um, my, my brand, but will you see me on Instagram? Maybe one out of, you know, 35 pictures or something. Yes. <laughs> um, that I think is the part where I um, don't necessarily feel the need to be all, at all the time. Mm -hmm. So you choose very carefully where you show up and where it makes sense for you. Exactly. Completely. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's another very good thought for, you know, anyone who's in business or trying to start a business, wanting to start a business, like make a very conscious decision where it makes sense to be there. And where it makes sense maybe to, for someone else to represent or to show up and, you know, depending with what business you have. But I'm still curious, like, you know, this thought about identity, it's because I'm thinking if you sometimes have to worry about will people get my story, how does that make you feel, you know, as the person VN, as opposed to the business lady VN yeah. who can maybe rationalize. Yeah, well, actually, I want to go back to that yeah. point previous point. I, I have, on the other hand, met, you know, it could be um, a lingerie store owner or, or mm -hmm. I have had met founders who have the luxury of using themselves in their story and their marketing material. And that's, yes. you know, to my earlier point, like no one is going to vouch more for your business than you. Um But at the same time, I, it's just, I, you know, really just finding what is appropriate, what's a good fit. And I was like, ah, I think mm. we do this for us. Yes. Um, but yeah, what was your question? Your question is? Yeah, my question was still around the same point. Like, I feel like the, the business VN is very, you know, very strategic in how she decides to show up and where it makes sense for the business. Mm -hmm. um, so I was wondering this whole thing, this worry sometimes about will people get it? Will it confuse people like my story? You know, how does it make VN the person then feel that there, there might be that? That's a good question. Sometimes, you know, I, I, sometimes it's like, okay, whatever, just do it. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I'm overthinking. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, it, it really depends. Um, but I, I do think that more often than not, um, you know, I have to remind myself that successful entrepreneurs, they just say, oh, F it, just do it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, does Elon Musk think about, okay, do people just think I'm the PayPal guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who does so many things or, or. You know, some of these other, I think they're just really unapologetically about, you know, where they, I mean, actually Elon Musk is probably a, a, an example of that too. Like he's Canadian, he's South African, you know, he lives mm -hmm. in the West, you, you know? And so, you know, I, I think at some point I, I just like, I'm thinking about this too much. Who's the mm -hmm. audience? Who's listening here? Maybe they will get it uh, and just stick with the message, stick with what I need to do more importantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a very interesting point you're bringing. It seems like <clears throat> sometimes, you know, there's a difference between what reality really is, because all our stories are sort of a little complicated if we think about it, you know, especially in today's world. It's such a 
global world for so many people. Mm -hmm. At the same time, when it comes to business messaging, there's always that um, notion, okay, make it as simple and straightforward as possible for people. Don't make it complicated, especially mm -hmm. because there's so much noise out there these days. Mm -hmm. So is that also something that might play into that whole um, thinking that you have about what you put out there? Yes, absolutely. And I think mm. that's actually one of the um, things I've had to learn the hard way, to be honest, because mm. um, if I thought back about, you know, the way I communicated and, um, you know, how I wrote, how what I said 20 years ago, oh, my God, I wanted to tell everybody every like as much as possible in this three minute or ever, whatever amount of time that we're talking. And but now I'm like, why? Why do I need to do that? Let's just think about the three or four things that I need to communicate and um, just, you know, try to focus on that. Of course, I mean, on a conversation like that, it's different because, you know, mm. we talked about how um, it actually may be more interesting to kind of unload. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think that's, it's not for, it's not everybody can relate. It's not something everybody can relate. You know, I think, mm. uh, again, it really depends on the audience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so too. And also the where you are, of course, in a podcast space, you know, there's a lot of space for yes. more conversation, but maybe on an Instagram post that will be very different <laughs> as an example. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even still, even you know, the medium, the forum, it's the audience, you know, mm. and and I think some people um, may have multiple accounts on Instagram for that reason, or, or or maybe they may even manage multiple podcasts because they know that they talk about different topics. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about understanding who you actually are talking to. Mm -hmm. And how did you, for your business, really settle on your customer? How did you understand who they are and, you know, what they need from you in terms of the product, but also in terms of the communication? You know, I, I think of this actually as um, like a give and take or like a bal like yin and yang, if you will. I don't know. No, mm -hmm. no. I don't think that's a good example. Well, what I'm trying to say is I think part of it starts with me or, or any business owner, you know, because when you start a business, inevitably, there's going to be parts of it that reflects on who you are. Um, mm -hmm. So when I first started, there were definitely things that I would never have incorporated where someone else, another person in the hosiery business might have, which is fine. Um, and through that, you attract certain types of customers. So me, because I was based in Boston and I did work in high tech, I was a you know, a woman in the professional business. Mm -hmm. um, I tend at the time to attract women or customers who were professionals. And so, mm -hmm. you know, had I been, say, for example, um, a waiter or a waitress and I started my business, it could possibly be that a lot of my customers, had I started that route, would have also been in the service business. But that wasn't my my past. So yes. right? um, through that, so now like I have some customer feedback, some information about my customers who are drawn to me because of who I am. And now I'm taking that information and refining that a little bit just to, you know, produce package market, whatever it is, um, something that will 
um, be attractive to those customers. And in, in, in through that, you know, now I'm gaining more customers who are more, you know, interested in what mm-hmm. we're producing. So it's a very back and forth thing. Um, however, I, I think um, one message that I, um, you know, um, some, a friend of mine had told me is that it is possible for you to be sucked up and to be too consumed with people pleasing. You can't please everybody at the same time. Um, and so at some point, you as a business leader need to lead, need to think about who you really want to be, uh, which is what we did in the beginning, and um, just focus on your vision and focus on what you want to do because through that, again, you'll start you know, attracting folks who are driven by your vision and what you want to do. Um, and so I think the past, especially during the pandemic, I've mainly been focused on, okay, yeah, okay, this is what a lot of customers are asking for, but I can't please everybody. There's going to, there's people even that way. Um, yeah. But at the same time, this, I, I've been really just going deep down as to what I want to do, what I want to achieve for my brand, et cetera, um, and just focusing on that and moving forward with that. Mm. So would you say for any business owner, this is like one of the most fundamental parts they should spend time on? Yes. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, one anecdote that I um, think about too is the Sony Walkman. You know, mm-hmm. I have. I, I think you know what a Walkman is. Not a <laughs> I still know. I used to have one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I say that because some kids today, they're like, what? I don't even know. Yes, of course. So, you know, I think uh, at the time, um, Sony had hired an agency to um, do research. Okay, would you ever buy essentially a tape recorder without the recording button? Mm. And everybody from that survey had said no i wouldn't want to buy this why would i want to do that well sony was like whatever and they launched the walkman you know Mm. (laughs) anyway and they became so that to me that story has stuck with me because again it's like okay sometimes customers just don't know what they want yes you can okay if what if there's a misspelling on your website (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) let me know you know if we're oh yeah let me know you know but there are there are certain things that you need to be the expert. You need to just trust your instinct, your your belief, or whatever it is that you are doing the right thing. Mm. That's very powerful. I'm thinking of you know business owners sometimes when it doesn't work right from the start, or it feels like oh it's taking time. You know, am I really on the right path? I'm imagining how easy it is to get scared and to start, you know, going off track because you wonder, is it really? And and I think this is very common for entrepreneurs, which Mm. is, you know, we're great at just picking up and doing things, right? But you get so distracted because you want to do everything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, you just focus on like, I mean, even I myself, as I'm saying this, I'm like, okay, I need to th- think about uh, the, the the areas that I have told myself these are the things mm. I think are important um, and not 
sweat the little things. And so it, it's definitely not easy. That's for sure. Especially for an entrepreneur who wants to, who gets excited and wants to do everything, you know? Yes. Yes. So how do you filter or how do you um, keep yourself accountable when it comes to these, you it's know? It's a great question. Mm -hmm. So I am, <laughs> uh, I love spreadsheets and I okay. sound stupid geeky and, and, I don't know, clunky, but I, I keep everything on a spreadsheet. I have like mm -hmm. a prioritization. I'm like, okay. Um, because, you know, when left to my own devices, I love lists to begin with and I can have lists everywhere. But if I have everything in a consolidated spreadsheet and I think about, okay, is this really a high priority? Um, there was a time in my spreadsheet that I would actually even go back and categorize like, Okay, this is considered operations. Maybe I can outsource this. Maybe, you know, this is, um, I don't mean outsources and sending it overseas as in like not doing it myself. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, like delegate to someone so else. Delegate, that's the better word, yes. delegate. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I categorize like what these tasks are and then prioritize. Um, I, I still do that. But the categorization, you now have to spend another 15, 20 minutes on it. And mm. ask, you're like, okay, forget it. <laughs> so, so let me just have this precious. <laughs> so let me just have the list of priority. I think more importantly, like think about when's it due, because um, that impacts the prioritization of um, your focus. And then you're like, after having a list, you think about, okay, some of these things aren't really important. I don't need to do it. Um, or or just move the deadline out, <laughs> move it out to two weeks or something or whatever you know. <laughs> yes. So that's how you work. You have your one place where you have all your priorities, and then you move them around depending with how you feel they make sense. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a great advice. Well, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say feel either, though, because some yes. of it is based on businesses' needs, and so mm -hmm. it's oh wow. I focus on this, I would, it's way more beneficial for the business than yes. worrying about this. I, I would love to be able to react based on how I felt because, I mean, and in some ways I do, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly if it's a big impact on your business, then you feel compelled to work on it. Yes. So yeah, yeah. It's one and the same. <laughs> Yeah, but there's another important point in what you just said. So sometimes it might happen to an entrepreneur that they would love to go a certain way. But then when they look at all the tasks at hand, they say like, okay, this is not really my most exciting thing, but I know it will take the business forward. So I'm going to prioritize this. Yes. Yes. I mean, um, and then and, and if you have that list, you start to see patterns. And so... You know, for me, I, I start, okay, I don't need to be, you know, worry about, I don't know, the little the little things all the time. Maybe I can set a time once a month to do all of the stuff mm. or it is filing. I don't know, you know, or um, yeah, I, I, I think I do believe in list and having a system that you can think about the prioritization and um your accomplishment that way you can say okay was this really good with it? well in the future i won't do this again you know yes i don't know if yeah. that's clear but just i don't want to call it journaling but just entering um without having analysis paralysis 
you know, of information, um, a, a, a method where you can balance um, what you need to do, how long you've it's taken you to do something and the value of it um, in a way that you can review it and, and act upon it is, is important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this reflection on, okay, did this go well? And is that then something I want to yeah. do? Reflection, yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there are other systems than spreadsheet. I'm sure there are way, way, way more complicated, but for me, I, I just, I, I think sometimes simple is good and I, I don't want to, yeah, I, I just be spreadsheet. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I mean, I, I still know many people um, even today who, who love spreadsheets, you know, although they are all these apps and some people love the newer versions. Others love spreadsheets. I think it also is again, like what fits with you um, and what makes you accomplish what you have to accomplish mm -hmm. in your business. And if it's a spreadsheet that works best, then yes, go for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, another thing that popped into my mind, because right in the beginning of the conversation, you talked about that, you know, before you had a family, that's when you decided, okay, now is the time to start the business. Mm -hmm. no, sorry. Oh, oh, that's I okay. I thought I had that on mute, but guys, sorry. No problem. <laughs> So um, before, right in the beginning of the conversation, you spoke about, you know, before you had a family, that's when you said, okay, now is the right time for me to start this business. So now that you have a family and are even, even a mom, like how has it changed, you know, the way you operate your business or the way you divide your time? Is there something different now? You know, it's a good question um, because in the past, I, I thought, oh my gosh, this is no better time than now. Mm -hmm. However, now with, you know, a kid and my husband, I feel that it's actually even more important to get things done, uh, get things done. For mm -hmm. most of all, um, I don't want to, at the risk of sounding like I am on a high horse, um, you know, your your child sees you as their role model and so i i, I always want to throw up when i say that but like, no it's okay go for it time <laughs> um you know you have to get into good habits because if you want them to you know do to be good i guess you you have to it, it's you're responsible for what they see and so mm -hmm. um I don't want to become, um, you know, someone who would say, hey, I, I didn't do this because you were the reason why I didn't do something. You know, it's like, okay, I want you to see that even when I was five months pregnant with you, I was doing all these things, you know? Um, I, yeah, so I, I want them to see mommy and daddy working, working hard. Um, and so, how does that, what does that mean to prioritization? Um, I, again, I think it just means structure, uh, plan, planning and structure. I think planning is even more important now. Um, you know, it, it's, especially with the child, it's very easy to let things go chaotically. And, you know, um, like he, maybe he does need a nap at this time. Maybe he does, but it's like, no, no, no. He absolutely needs a nap because I mm -hmm. need sanity you know <laughs> um so i i think being uh 
I hate to say organized because I'm not an organized person by all means in nature, but because of my business and because of my family, it forces me to be organized. Mm. And, and that's actually quite important if you want to get things done. <laughs> yes. So you, it's, it's interesting what you're saying. Like it's saying normally you're not necessarily the most organized person, but you sort of get down to do things because you know that's how then the outcome will be what you desire. Yes, absolutely. And also um, you, you end up spinning, you know, you, you're spinning, or you, you end up not being efficient if you're not organized, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and so um, it, I, I still, oh, the other thing too, actually, now that I think about it a bit more is um, you think about what's important to you when you make time for it. I think, especially if you have a business and you have a family, mm. you're like, do I have to do all these little other things? Um, you know, do I have to um, clean the house? Yes, I do. But how about we find somebody who can help us do mm. XYZ because that time you get back. I mean, I I, I still am in some ways. I'm somebody who's like, I, I can do it all. I I don't need help. I can do it all. You know? But then, many women. When yeah, many women yeah, are. Yeah. Yes. But you don't want to, you know, I just like I just don't want to like seem like I'm the person complaining about not, not having enough time. But you're like, oh wait a minute, I don't have enough time. <laughs> so the value of um, someone being able to help you and asking for help becomes even more and more important. Mm. So um, yes, finding good help is is invaluable. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and did you have to learn that the hard way, or was that something that came easy to you? Oh, um, I I want to say the hard way because just mm. because of the nature of who I am, I'm just. I want to uh, do everything myself, but at the same time, oh, there are definitely times where I'm like, okay, hey, could you do this? Could you do that for me? But I think through experience, mm. um, when you delegate, sometimes you, you, you there's let let you're like disappointed, and which reinforces you to do everything yourself. So, um, but. The lesson I should have learned whenever I delegate and get disappointment isn't I should never delegate ever again. It's um, how do you find the right assignment for the right person and how do you find the right? It, it's the vetting process that is actually more important than um, delegating. I think, you know, you have you can't do everything. Uh, yes, I have learned that the hard way, um, but how to delegate to the right person is a lot harder than um, it sounds. But it's yeah. I think that's a very important um, point you are making, not only in terms of, you know, once you are a mother and you want to put it, like get help to make everything work. But I think also in business, it's so crucial to make the right decisions about who will do which task mm -hmm. and how do I actually create a process where I can vet persons uh, yeah. like people the right way yes and, and that's you know part of the it's really important to get to know the folks you're working with you mm. know 
suppliers, a perfect example. Um, you know, I, I've definitely, um, the relationship with folks that I have spent the time getting to know, they will be, they, they have been there for me many, many, many times. Mm. Where, where like, oh, I got to know them, but now they're leaving. Oh no. And I'm now my account is drifted off to somebody else. That relationship isn't so great. Am I going to mm. on top of their list when I need help? Probably not. Um, mm. and so, um, but that's vendor management. But my point is, when you work with somebody, you do really need to build that relationship and get to know them. That is really important. Yeah, yeah. Are there any like best practices you now have based on your experience as a mother who is also a business owner on how to vet? Let me put it that way. Although yeah, it sounds quite harsh, but it is. Vet <laughs> it is vetting. I, yeah. you know, um, it's give and take. I think naturally for me. I want to believe that someone is thinking, you know, um, is it wants to think of you and wants to help you. But the reality is not everybody wants mm. to. And so, um, you know, the, the thing I think about is you can't, technical skills can be trained, but attitude you cannot change. And so mm. the, the vetting process, if you will, that I try to focus on is, to read between the lines and see what their attitude is um, towards life, you know, themselves, actually more importantly themselves. Um, you know, do they um, care about themselves? Do they, are they, are they just someone who doesn't take themselves seriously? Because if you don't take yourself seriously, you're not gonna take my work seriously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, I try to focus on folks that have, um, that are curious because the more curious you are, the more you realize, oh my goodness, um, the, the less I know about the world, the more I want to learn. Um, that's a great attitude. I, mm. I mean, then you're like, well, wait a minute. You're now as you're stuck with someone who's asking you 900 questions an hour. <laughs> I don't mean it that way. I mean, there's a part that you have to like, Hey, figure it out yourself. You know, you got to balance that. But at the same time, I value somebody who's asking me 900 questions and I hope I'm not going to regret this. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Versus someone who thinks they are know-it-all because yeah. know-it-all presumptuous attitude you cannot change. And I, mm. I, I, we just try not to work with folks that are like that. Um, now, I'm sure there are other places that are like, okay, this, <laughs> this is perfect. You know, I mm -hmm. need someone who is presumptuous and um, is told exactly what they need to do. But as a small business, I can't afford that. I, I, I have to have somebody who is a little bit agile in the way they think, who is curious, mm. who, is who is who can take the initiative and do the stuff and figure things out. Um, and I think that is actually part of the vetting process as well. One of the first thing that we ask is, are you um, aspiring or to be working at a big company or a small company? Because if you want to work for a global conglomerate, uh, this ain't it. <laughs> yes. And and I don't think it's any beneficial to you to have a company like mine to show up on your resume. Um, Whereas if you're somebody who's like, hey, you know, I uh, just want to learn. I, I don't know what I don't know, but I stumble upon learning what I want to do. That's a great 
it's a rare attitude, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, it's a better attitude to work with, at least for in my book, um, because it's a better fit. Um, mm. One one analogy we also use too is that you know if, if you're trying to go to Canada, which is where I'm trying to go to, and having flight issues, but anyway, um, you you can't you can't drive south of the United States because that's not where Canada is. Mm. So that's part of the vetting process of do you want to work for a big company? Do you want to work for a small company? Where what direction in your life um, is ambiguous as that sound do you want to go because if there's isn't a fit here then we're not doing any of us a favor just mm. by forcing us to be together um but the problem is a lot of times um and i have been in this situation where people settle i mean i i have said i'm like oh you you need it you need to do something for the next year or two and you don't know what it is this may be good opportunity even though you want to be in pharma okay sure whoops (laughs) you know that that we've learned that multiple times where that big picture was the elephant in the room we should have known Mm. that this is just not the right opportunity yeah and then staying again it's a it's a bit of a story of staying on track right sometimes you need someone and then maybe other parts fit really well and yeah. then you say yes yeah you're never gonna find a hundred percent fit mm-hmm. um can you but the it's like how what's the difference that you can you can live with you know yes. so um directional difference is and what i mean is like you know if generally there's a direction that you both both you as in my company that's hiring and the person employee and employer is going in the same direction then that's great mm. but fortunately it's like okay i want to be in the auto industry <laughs> so yes like, you here you know that's different direction altogether yeah yeah um, yeah that makes total sense so if the general direction um is the same sort of visions and all that fit, then there's a higher chance that generally it will work out if you yeah. choose someone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything that you feel you want to give the audience, like a last, you know, thought um, about business, motherhood, identity, all the interesting topics we spoke okay. today about? <laughs> I'm asking a lot of you. Yeah, some uh, words of wisdom or something that comes to mind um, that you would like to share. You know, I this one I, I recently read that like um, what you do or, or or how you live your life is something you plan three to five years before. So so my point is like if you're doing planning and prioritizing. Um, try to think a little further than just six months. I think some, depending on, you know, the the, the book, I guess, depending yeah. on which book, some people are like 90 days, you know, the next year, five years. I, I think three years is probably a good time frame to think about like, okay, is my yes. today going to impact something I do or how I live in three years from now? Um, because... Um, it will. Um, and how will it? 
and will you can you live with that yeah so you know I, that's something i read recently and that really resonated with me and so that's going to be definitely something that i'll be thinking more and more about um mm. it's like oh i should have but yes i should have sure but yeah. i i think it more than ever i think it's important yeah i think that's very insightful and very powerful because also you know it, it takes a while for our dreams to sometimes materialize mm -hmm. So, you yeah. know, looking ahead into the future and being more clear about that as well is something that can have a huge impact, definitely. Yeah, and also it's not sad enough, forget it. You have to review yeah. your, your actions every few months. Like, am, was I, am I totally off track? Am I yeah, off track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you want to kind of hold yourself back if you're <laughs> going off, uh, off the rails. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, those last words of wisdom, Vien. That was very, very insightful. And thank you for the lovely conversation.